0: Welcome back to Develop Element Unplugged, the official podcast of Develop Your Element. And uh, in this uh, episode, we're going to be talking about team building, team building with different personality types, how do you deal with a team with diverse instincts, needs of stimulus, uh, social stimulus, organizational structure. Because let's face it, introverts are going to need more organization, they're going to need to plan things, they need to verify things, they're gonna share ideas once they're ready, whereas extroverts are gonna think out loud, share every idea that comes to their their head, and uh, they're gonna need more physical movement. And uh, we can learn a lot from both psychology and from uh, tech startups that, that have kind of figured out different ways of dealing with these diverse teams. But uh, yeah, we'll get into many different topics, and uh, if this is the first time you you join us on this podcast, uh, if you want a bit of context, Development is a, a personal development system that takes into account personality theory, but not to put you in a box. We have no tests. We don't tell you what personality you are, and we tell you that you're honestly a mix of all the different types of personalities. They're just some that are easier to operate in than others, and if you're going to operate in ones that require more energy, more work, then we... Give you tools to recharge your battery, especially social battery, before stepping out of, of your ideal social stimulus. So uh, yeah, let's get started. Today I'm joined by my mother and also business partner in... in and co-founder and such. So, uh, yeah, development, if you didn't know, it's kind of a, f- a family business. <laughs>
1: yeah, and hello, everybody. Hello, Yannick. And I love talking about uh, team building. I should say I'm Mexican, so that's why you hear this accent. I cannot get rid of it. Uh, but you need, to st-
0: you need to stop saying that every episode. Apologizing uh, for your accent. I mean, you speak better English than most Native I, English speakers. I do. know,
1: I know. I, I used to teach sh- in sh- university. Yeah, yeah. So uh, uh, English in Canada. So I should know something about it, but I haven't practiced so much. So I feel a little uh, s- self-conscious about it. But anyway, team building is exciting. How do you build that team? How taking in account the difference of personality? Uh, we talk about three different kind of uh, personalities. Uh, we talk about introverts, ambiverts, and extroverts. Uh, and then inside of that, uh, uh, we talk about three different elements.
0: Uh, well, six different elements. Six
1: different so, elements. So,
0: so we basically break it up into kind of sub-types uh, to make it a little bit more empowering and, and not so limiting with only three types. So, so
1: if you want to h- know more about this, look at uh, and listen to our previous podcasts.
0: Yeah, I mean... Uh, Basically, in Developed Development, we try to share this information through as many means as possible. We do have live events. We have uh, talks at different types of conferences. We have uh, workshops around the world in different languages. We have a book right now, an ebook, book and we're coming out with a more extensive uh, uh, full paperback book and, and such. And uh, on our website, development.com there's a lot of basic tools on the front page so that can help you g- get an overview and you can follow along with that uh, as you listen to us but in this episode i think we'll try to maintain things at, at a very kind of basic general yeah. level uh, and not use too much vocabulary that uh, that where you need previous knowledge right so 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 today we kind of want to talk basic terms how do you deal with these differences
1: yeah and it's very important when you're building a a, a team to take into consideration their personality, where do you place them? how do you stimulate them? How do you t- recharge their battery and w- what kind of jobs can you assign them where they would excel, and what kind of jobs perhaps they won't be as good so you find somebody else to do that kind yeah of.
0: and and it's very important to 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 note every type of person can be successful in any area or any role, but if we understand how our minds and our bodies respond to different types of stimulus and different types of tasks, then we can basically organize the team in such a way where people are in an ideal kind of stimulus role for their personality as much as possible. And then in key moments, ask them to step out of their comfort zone and do things that might be a little bit more difficult for them. But uh, I've seen introverts go on stage and be amazing public speakers. I've seen extroverts being able to organize and structure things. So, so we don't want to reinforce any stereotypes. Uh, with develop element, we want to give you tools to achieve things that are outside of your comfort zone, that are more difficult for you. But we also want to give you certain understanding of how stepping into certain roles. And organizing your work in certain ways and allowing you certain uh, yourself certain stimulus, you're going to perform better. I mean, that's, that's just basic stuff that we kind of judge ourselves sometimes where we tell ourselves, oh, why is this so hard for me? It's so easy for that person, but it's hard for me. And then we judge ourselves and we conclude that we can't do something. And that's not what we want to kind of inspire here in develop we want to give you tools so that okay let's say you're an introvert and you want to do public speaking what steps do you need to take to be able to do that yeah. or if you are uh, an extrovert what steps do you need to take to become more organized i mean these are things where you can do what needs to be done but your process is going to be different depending on your personality. And yes, there's some people that you ask to do a task and it's going to be easy for them. And there are people you're going to ask to do a task and it's going to be difficult for them. And as a, as a leader, you have to have certain patience and flexibility. I mean, that's, that's something that is very, very, very important because I remember in my previous company, I used to be like, so if he can do it, why can't you do it? Or if I can do it, you can do it. And I used to generalize. I used to assume that if I set a standard, everyone could maintain that standard. And depending on what the standard is, and it's not necessarily realistic. We all have different standards. And here in the company, I mean, we have a lot of full-time staff. And it is very clear that if I ask someone to step into someone else's role for a day, it's going to stress them out a lot. Because each individual on the team has a different process.
1: Yeah. And it's very important to take into account how their brain functions, (laughs) what kind of stimulus they have. Because when you are building a team, when you are trying to move forward, you have to understand how they work. So, for example, if you have an introvert in your team, sometimes it will appear like they are not doing anything because the thought process is different the way they work is different, so there will be less physical movement, less show of, look all what I'm doing, because they first have to process it. But then when they do it, they do it probably more effectively because they have had time to think about it. While an extrovert will go immediately and do something, no matter whether they have thought about it or not. So they will appear to be doing more, and sometimes we interrupt the introverts. And I have a lot of introvert in myself. And still sometimes I get impatient and will go and interrupt the thought process of an introvert and expect them to do things my way that I have a little introvert, but I also have a, a an element that is extroverted, and maybe we should add that that we are not fully one thing. Yeah. we have that's why we have divided it in six elements, so we can have a, an element that is introverted, that is our main, in, um, uh, our main element, but we also have one that is extroverted or ambiverted. And I'm not sure if people know the difference, so maybe we uh, should so a little so past.
0: so to give a little context there. Um, We're all a mix of different personalities. We're not just one thing. In different moments, we step into different roles. And uh, it's very important to not look at personality theory as something that defines you or limits you. And uh, yes, so your personality is composed of certain character traits and different character traits we associate with different personalities. But you have many different character traits and some character traits you have belong to more introverted uh, personality types and some character traits you have belong to more extroverted uh, personalities and sometimes they conflict. And sometimes you can have an internal conflict where sometimes you need very extroverted stimulus and sometimes you need very introverted stimulus. And if you don't really know the definition of introvert and extrovert, many people think they know. But, for example, the word introvert, the word introvert refers to people who need lower social stimulus. It does not mean people who are inherently shy. Shyness is the fear of judgment and even an extrovert like myself I can be shy in certain environments so if I for example go to a nightclub and I want to pick up a girl even as an extrovert my insecurities can kick in and they can freeze me and they can paralyze me and my body language and my way of interacting suddenly will come across as an introverted body language but it's not because I'm an introvert it's just that I'm shy in that context. So we have to understand that extroverts can be shy in certain contexts and introverts, they can be shy or they cannot be shy. They just have different needs, different instincts. And yes, sometimes you have introverts who are shy at the same time. And then you have to filter the noise of what shyness, what's an insecurity I can overcome, and what's part of my personality that I need to learn to implement and uh, stimulate and uh, not only accept but embrace. Because your your biological personality... Or a mix of personalities is something you certainly should embrace. Uh, and I'll tell you why. Many people come to develop development with this idea. I'm an introvert, but I want to change that. I want to be more extroverted. Okay, you can develop abilities that we associate with natural abilities for extroverts. Even the most introverted person can practice, can develop social skills. And yes, they might need more practice than an extrovert because it's more stressful for them and that's okay but we have to understand that we have basic instincts we have things that give us energy and things that basically drain our energy and for an extrovert if they're in a high social stimulus environment if they can have higher amounts of physical movement, if they can be able to have constant change, they're going to operate with a higher battery level. If they have to structure themselves too much, if they have to sit still too much, if they have to do the same task for too long, then they're going to drain their battery. Introverts, on the other hand, if they're in a high social stimulus environment, if they are in a uh, chaotic environment, they're going to drain their battery. But introverts, if they're in a quiet, calm, organized environment, then they're going to have more battery. So we respond differently based on our personalities. And when we talk about introverts and extroverts, we're talking about the two extremes of the scale. And frankly, most people are not on the extremes. They might have certain Character traits that are on the extremes, but most people are a combination of personality types and are actually at a middle point. And those are what we call ambiverts. Ambiverts are people who are neither fully extroverted nor fully introverted, and frankly, are somewhere in between. And ambiverts have a an easier time connecting and selling to and communicating with people on the two extremes because they can adapt to either side with more ease than someone from one extreme trying to adapt to the other so if you have a team where you have a totally introverted person and a totally extroverted person working together on the same task that can lead to a lot of conflict that can lead to a lot of uh, arguments about different processes and different priorities but it also can lead to them complementing each other and helping each other if and when they're not trying to change the other person's processes and trying to change the other person's way of being. So when they embrace each other and support each other, differences are very valuable and in any team, we want a mix of all the different personalities. Here at the office at Develop Your One of the things I love is we have every single personality type represented, at least within the personality types uh, uh, within Element. But we have a very diverse team in terms of their ways of operating, their natural strengths, their natural instincts. and And it enriches the workflow and the work process and the team every single day because someone contributes something very differently every single day.
1: And I think that's one of the things I love about Develop your element, where we celebrate the difference, when where we learn to admire the difference, yeah. and take advantage of the other person' abilities that we don't have. Well, so lever- leverage we the other person's leverage.
0: ability. <laughs>
1: Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. And, and that is amazing because I know what my weak points are. So... I develop my personality to become the best I can be, but if I have somebody else that can inspire me, that I can rely, that I can say, okay, maybe you take that over that part of the job, it's amazing, and I do it with the full admiration of the difference. Instead of trying to convert them to the way I think and the way I do things, because Frankly, nobody's perfect. I know some of us believe that we are more perfect than others, but nobody's perfect. And
0: I love that you pointed to very specific people.
1: <laughs> uh, in the team around here. <laughs> <laughs> so, But we are close to perfect, but we need help from other people. And also... They take me outside my comfort zone, and if you are going to succeed in in a business, you sometimes mm. have to go outside of your comfort zone, see how other people think, how they p- other people react, because a business will have to deal with everybody,
0: yeah.
1: and we are talking about all kind of people. And the more you understand how different people work, the better. It will be inside the team and whatever you're trying to do with your business. Yeah, so to
0: to, to kinda of paint a picture for you guys so that you see that it's not just us talking about this, but actually something that's implemented in very, yeah, yeah. very, very successful companies. Look at Google, look at Facebook, look at Amazon, look at all these super successful I mean tech startups that are past the startup phase but now are I mean, humongous, humongous, super, super, super successful companies. What do they do? I mean, they have different types of stimulus for every type of personality. They have little capsules that you can step into and disconnect from all the noise. They have uh, bicycles. They have video games. They have very colorful offices. They have standing desks. They have sitting desks. They have swings. They have, I mean, uh, whatever type of stimulus you could imagine... They have it available in their offices, and they understand that by offering those uh, like st- types of different stimulus, it it helps people be more productive, but also more more inner peace, more tranquil, less stressed. Right, and that is valuable. That is some valuable stuff because. Some people might think it's crazy, and some people might f- feel overwhelmed. Do I have to adapt to every single person on my team? No. no, but you certainly should take into account what every member of your team requires to up to perform more optimally and to feel better because if they feel better, they are more productive and it's a win win for everyone it's uh- It's not people being selfish or greedy it's just a okay. I'm going to respect that you need this and I'm going to provide you with that option so that you can be more productive and then we all win. Even the way you speak to the different uh,
1: people uh, makes a difference. Your choice of words, your choice of energy, your body language. If I arrive very happy to somebody that is more structured and I'm like very cheerful and hello, good morning, let's go do something very spontaneous to somebody that really... Uh, is more thoughtful, likes the silence, he will find me very annoying and would shut up and won't even listen to what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. And if I arrive very logical to somebody that is more spontaneous, uh, they will turn around and say, oh, she's so boring, right? Uh, You need to find how to communicate too. And if you succeed at that, you already have managed to have the kind of um, um, difference, the kind of uh, arguments that can arise because you are not communicating properly. Uh, You really avoid a lot of conflicts if you can communicate to every single person in the way they can hear it and stimulate
0: them. So so there's a question from Steve. For a lot of companies, buying all the equipment like pods for introverts and bicycles for extroverts isn't very uh, easy or even possible. How would you uh, advise to cater to your team on a budget? So, I mean, here in Development Development, let's face it, we are in a startup budget, we are uh, in a growth period, and uh, we don't have neither the office space nor the budget that that kind of bigger companies like like Google and Facebook have. And one of the ways we have tackled it is we've seen that with certain individuals, especially more introverted individuals on the team, uh, investing in noise-canceling headphones has been very, very powerful, uh, especially during uh, expos and during writing periods. Uh, It has been a way where they could... When they're sitting on the computer writing, they can disconnect themselves from all the noise. When they're at an expo, they can take breaks, go to the bathroom, go for a walk, put on those headphones and disconnect all the noise. So it's a smaller thing than a huge pod. Yes, they can be expensive depending on what model you buy, but any type of headphones that that can isolate some sound or, or cancel some sound for introverts is very powerful. Also, allowing introverts to... Uh, sometimes work from home or work from their bedroom or work from a coffee shop uh, or somewhere where there's more tranquility than maybe the chaos in the office allowing that uh, flexibility is uh, very very important so that's one thing extroverts one thing we do here at the office i i mean we don't have many extroverted stimulus things we don't have bicycles we don't have any trampolines I'm, i'm i'm kind of giving random examples right but there's not enough space to really create very high stimulus environments in the office so what we do is we just let extroverts step out and kind of move more and maybe i assign them more tasks where they have to move physically oh can you go to this place and get this from this uh place like i'll send them on missions right because for extroverts stepping outside going out uh, of the office can be very very powerful. So if I can send them on on, on missions, uh, that that's powerful. So basically, uh, uh,
1: and we also you can also get these yoga balls, uh, uh, where they can sit,
0: sit and bounce, uh, uh, and uh, have b- movement. Yeah, I mean th- there are, there are many different things you can do, uh, but the main thing is it's not about what things you buy. It's more about having the flexibility to empower your staff. To allow them to step out. And and this is something that for me was very hard. Uh, in my first company, there were certain extroverts that needed to move around a lot, that needed to uh, step outside and talk to a lot of people, and needed to yabber, and needed to socialize, and needed to go Listen on many to missions music. to grab things, and they would make up any excuse to go to the store and grab something for the team. And in the beginning, I would get super frustrated. I would be like... Seriously, why can't you just sit down and finish something for once? Like, I would get very frustrated. And by getting frustrated, I would drain that individual. I would make that individual, m- well, those individuals, I'm thinking of one more in particular than others. Mm-hmm. But uh, <laughs> uh, by the moment I had that switch for, for kind of being like, okay, if I allow that, embrace that, support that, instead of fighting against it. They're going to have more energy when they come back and they'll do more in less time. And I think that's something that's very important. As managers, as leaders, as as business owners, we have to stop equating hours of work with productivity. I love that. And we have to start looking at results. And that's something that you mentioned in the beginning sometimes introverts they look like they're not doing stuff because they're not bragging as much they're not sharing every single idea they have they're more private individuals Uh, they don't need constant recognition they do need recognition every single personality type does because i mean we need to feel like we're advancing we feel like we, we need to feel like we have an impact but they don't need the same frequency and same intensity as some other personalities right so Sometimes with introverts, we feel that, that, that they're not doing much because they don't show off as much. Sometimes with extroverts, we feel like they might be getting distracted with too many random things, and maybe those random things are just helping them recharge. So we have to respect those differences, and that can be done without needing to buy extra supplies. But if you have the budget, definitely get your introverts on the team noise-canceling headphones. That will help a lot. Get them organized spaces, invest in uh, drawers, invest in whatever things they need to organize their space, respect their personal space, and uh, give them certain routine and structure and uh, help them be able to predict and and know what they're going to do in any given day because introverts, they respond less well to changes to the plans right extroverts tend to be a little bit more agile with changes to plans but when it comes to introverts they like to really plan analyze structure their days and every time you change their plan on them last minute that can drain them obviously there are ways of helping them become more flexible both in terms of communicating to them personality psychology how different personalities function differently also helping them recharge the battery to have more battery and more flexibility to deal with those things. But just understanding those things goes a long way. Yeah. It goes a very long way understanding and and respecting that. And for me, that has been a very big challenge because my personality type is very intense when it comes to work. It's a personality that wants to work all the time, have results, have an impact, wants to push. And uh, while sometimes that is needed, uh... Sometimes my personality wants to do it too intensely and in such an intense way that can shut down certain individuals. For example, there are some types of introverts that if you come at them with too much intensity, too much pressure, uh, they shut down instead of actually fixing stuff. I mean, think of this fight uh, fight or flight response. Sometimes we have a let's get things done like super fast and sometimes we have a let's flee from the situation response. And we really, it's not about fight or flight being better. You don't want any like extreme. What you just want is you don't want to trigger a response that makes certain personalities disappear or certain personalities take shortcuts and do things in a suboptimal way. So yeah, yeah. Brilliant question. I I, I think it's, it's very important to not feel like you have to buy certain things uh, to be able to do things because as entrepreneurs, many times we put conditions on achieving things and we go, until I have this, I can't do this. Obviously, as entrepreneurs, we have to learn to maximize our resources and do as much as we can with as little as possible. And sure, increase our resources as much as we can, but not out of desperation and not letting the lack of something stop us from achieving something. <laughs> so,
1: And I think talking about investing in resources, investing in your team, in getting to know their personalities, in improving mm-hmm. the communication, in improving yes. your conflict resolution th- uh, um, skills... It's one of the best investments you can do, frankly. Because if you are all more in tune with yourself, uh, your battery will be higher, your IQ will be higher, your social skills will, will be higher. So it's important to really take time to learn to, to, how to your team works and what their personalities are.
0: To give a little context of what you're saying, it's a very, very important point. When we are stimulating ourselves in the ideal way we are embracing our personality not fighting against it we have more energy and it's easier to paint a picture when i tell you the uppers- opposite example imagine an introvert going on stage and speaking in front of thousands of people or going out to a very chaotic expo uh think of an extrovert trying to sit still all day in class and shut up Their heart rate is going to increase. The muscles are going to get tenser. They're going to sweat more. It's going to be more stress on their body. It's going to be more work for them to operate in a suboptimal state for their personality. And if you create an office environment where everyone on the team has to operate in the same way, there are certainly people that are going to be in their optimal state, But there are going to be people who are going to be robbed of the stimulus that recharges them. And there are going to be people who are going to have stress and anxiety all day. And that we have to understand that, okay, if we do a one-size-fits-all approach to office design or to processes and behaviors and expectations and set a standard where everyone has to do things in a certain way, that's not going to be conducive to good productivity. Uh,
1: and we can also see it. Sometimes we love what we are doing. We love the idea of the job the itself. But with some people, we can work very well. And with some people, we can't. Absolutely, we can't. And that's because we don't understand how they function. And that's wha- when we don't respect the difference, when we don't value the difference, when we don't see uh, the value on the different approaches. And uh, then we come home very drained. Even if we love what we are doing, we come home so drained. And the more we have to spend time with those kind of people, the more we are drained. When we start understanding how other people work and what are their motivations, how to communicate uh, with them, how to help them regenerate, that problem goes away. Or at least it gets minimized.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's... When we talk about team building, there are many different steps, right? So, if we talk about the recruiting stage, that's one thing. If we talk about the training stage, that's another thing. If we talk about the actual collaboration and productivity stage, it's another thing. And But in every single step, you should take into consideration personality types. When you talk about recruiting, personality types are relevant. Not as relevant as you would think in the sense that you'd be surprised that some personalities that come across as less likely to perform well in some tasks suddenly outperform i've i've recruited i've i've interviewed thousands of people and recruited hundreds of people for different companies uh, and different roles and uh, i will certainly be the first to admit that i have sometimes hired the wrong people for the wrong roles because it, during the interview process they come across as super confident maybe with a lot of extroverted energy, and they sell themselves very nicely. But then when it comes down to the actual work, they might underperform. And I've seen introverts that don't tell themselves as much, that are a little bit more careful in, in how they set the expectations, over-deliver and, and, and outperform some more extroverted people. And it's very important that we don't generalize that, ooh, I need an extrovert for this role or I need an introvert for this role. Just understand that, okay, this role has a lot of processes that require more introverted processes. Let's kind of see if there's someone that, that fits the bill that will, will will do it well. But be open to be surprised because I have had... Many moments of surprises where I've thought this person will be perfect for this role because of their personality and then I go, okay, that person is maybe a bit lazy or that person maybe uh, doesn't have the passion or doesn't have the drive or doesn't have the patience. So personality is one thing, but drive and passion, patience and perseverance is another thing. And I've seen people perform super well in roles that are totally outside of the comfort zone, based on just pure passion, perseverance, and patience.
1: Yeah, and for that, you need to know how to regenerate them, and you need to understand how they function, because a personality of any kind, when they are drained, they lack the passion. Uh, When they are drained, they lack the social skills, because it happens to all of us. The days we are so exhausted... We are not as smart or as kind as the days we are really feeling on top of the world. And you need to also start learning how to regenerate each person according to their personality or set of personalities. And that's how, seriously, it's incredible. And people tell us all the time when they see us uh, at expos or big conferences, they say, your team is amazing. The way you all back each other up, how you're the first on the floor, the last on the floor, and you're always looking happy. And we look happy because we are happy, because we are regenerated, and we have the social uh, skills uh, to manage any differences.
0: Yeah, I mean, that that's, that's key. I mean, you want to be a source of regeneration for everyone on your team. And if you don't have enough emotional intelligence or enough empathy you're going to be prone to push your way of doing things, your priorities, your order of business, and you will invalidate people, you will rob people of their uh, uh, basic needs, and you'll make people feel uh, uh, insignificant, and that is not good for anyone. Mm -hmm. And that's something that you have to be very careful with. Uh,
1: And you rob yourself Ah, uh, and your company from the value of that the different people could bring if you were willing to be open and you were willing to have a dialogue Where you understand what their priorities are what their skill sets are what their drive is what their passion is because their passion might be different to yours but it could be something that adds to your company adds uh, to your project that's very important to understand that they might have a different way of seeing things and doing things that will
0: add something yeah, I mean, uh, people people who have different experiences, different uh, contexts, different ways of operating, they can enrich any situation by providing other solutions or other ideas. And we have to be open to new ideas, new ways of doing things. And uh, we have to tackle both what is personality psychology in team building and what is insecurities. I've seen that one of the things that has caused most productivity psh- Breakdowns has been when individuals have felt insecure. Yeah. When they've uh, felt a lower self-worth, where they've felt less capable. Many times when someone makes a mistake or when someone uh, doesn't reach the goals on time, uh, it's very easy for them to punish themselves too much. And as a manager, it's very important that you go and you uplift them, you make them see all the work they've done. Here at the office, one thing that happens a lot is we are working on so many different things at the time. And people are very good at having very defined, certain very important goals. And if those don't go as planned, suddenly those individuals might end up feeling like they didn't achieve what they set out to achieve. But maybe during the course of the week, they've achieved 150 other very important things. And and what we do now is, is every week, we actually go through a list. This is what I did last week. This is what I'm going to be doing this week. And we basically, if someone doesn't make a proper list of what they did last week, what we do is we make them see all the extra things they did that they didn't acknowledge themselves. So, for example, uh, this Monday, this last Monday, we had a member on the team that his primary role is video editing. And he was like, yeah, so last week I did video editing, and I didn't do as much as I would have liked, but I did this project and this video and this video, and next week I'm going to be working on this, this, this. And then we all kind of were like, wait, 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 wait. So you only have one thing on your list of what you did last week? Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> so what about this when you cooked for everyone on the team? What about this when you organized uh, half of the office? What about this when you, you helped with, with images, editing images? What about this when you did this promotion? And what about this when you did... And we, we, we all made a very long list of a lot of things this individual had done during the week.
1: Including help uh, 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 the members regenerate. Uh, it's yeah, one of, one of the things
0: that he's very good at is helping uplift people and, and, and support people. And uh, yes, he would, was very frustrated with where he was stuck. And he didn't, Really, acknowledge of all the areas where he was being productive and very where he was having an impact, where he was contributing. So we have to also, as managers, when we are building up teams, we have to build up our the individuals on the team. We have to build them up. I mean, build them up in the sense that they have to yes develop skill sets, but build them up also from the making them feel uh, capable. The more capable people feel, the more likely they are to perform well. The more incapable they feel, they more likely they are to give up and make excuses and escape and uh, start doing destructive things. So that's something that I think has been very, very important on this team.
1: And I want to add something. Uh, I've managed teams uh, since I was very young. Um, I was trained to do that because we had family companies, so it has been part of my upbringing. And I can say where I failed the most was not with the extroverts or the introverts. It was the ambiverts. I didn't understand the need for social connection because I am two of my personalities. One is a very introverted, I want to be by myself and the other one is I'm a leader. I want to go ahead. I didn't understand the middle part where people want to have that personal connection. So I would any time I had a problem with a team member was when it was an ambivert where I was not taking the time to listen to them the way they wanted to be heard and to support them the way they wanted to be supported because I'm a very supportive person I am but sometimes I'm so busy doing other things that I didn't take the time to listen to them and they like to tell you their stories and they like to share more personal things yeah
0: so that's a very important point taking time to listen to people sit down with them dedicate them time even when there's nothing wrong just sitting down with them and listening to them and asking them what do you need what can i uh, provide to help you in your work and blah, blah blah and how are you doing emotionally and how are you doing and asking questions about their personal life too those things go a long way, and yes, with AmbiBirds it helps even more. But it's important for every personality to feel heard, feel included. And yes, uh, I- in the context of uh, my uh, my mother, one thing that she's been very good at doing is building teams, but also empowering them to maybe such a degree that she lets them lose into the world yeah. and kind <laughs> of like I hired the best people, so I'll trust them to do their work and like the total opposite of micromanaging. And sometimes the total opposite of micromanaging is people feeling abandoned or not supported. And uh, whereas she felt that she was giving them freedom to do their thing and that she was trusting them, right? So you neither want to go full-blown micromanaging nor do you want to go full-blown like uh, okay, go free, uh, do your thing and I I will kind of not even check in almost. Um,
1: I did check, but not with the enough time and empathy, uh, y- you had to slow down a little yeah. for for ambiverts, mm-hmm. and you have to have a more personal dialogue than just the job part. And that part I was not good. And when you have teams all over the world, uh, that I felt it was going to be horrible. I, I seriously, when I started taking develop your element classes with Yannick. Uh, I wanted to learn how to manage my teams, and I was like, I don't have time to sit with them and chit chat. Yeah. And he was, "Mom, if you want to keep uh, growing your business, something is is failing now. Uh you have to do it." And it's amazing how just having notes on their children' names, their pet names, uh, their interests, because I I have teams all over the world. I'm not exaggerating, yeah. uh, and just reading that little, those notes of what happened the last time and asking them about them. Yeah. They feel that I remember that they are yeah. important and they over-deliver now. And I really, I can't believe it. I can't believe the change it has been in my teams and yeah. uh, how they work when I just take that little extra time. Just once in a while for each individual. Yeah. And it's a skill set that I actually have enjoyed because... What he says, and I used to teach and I didn't really understand so well, is when they are so happy, they do over the liver. Yeah. When they feel that there's this empathy between me and them, yeah. they trust me more and they want to please me uh, and Also, we share the vision in a different way. If I do a general meeting with everybody and say this is the vision, it's very different than when I take the little time, and sometimes it's five minutes, sometimes it's 10 minutes. Some might take at the beginning more, but where we share the vision and what they could add, they come with amazing ideas I didn't have time to listen to. Um, Uh, And that surprised me too, that they had a different vision and they had things to to add that I hadn't considered. That's
0: a a very important point. We have a a question here that's very related to to what we're talking about. Uh, Jaime asks, how can you motivate each element even if they're not interested in the business? So, uh, first of all, if they're not actually interested in the business, maybe you should fire them. Uh, But if it's... uh, discouragement because of suboptimal things in the business then you have to understand their needs and you have to help improve the environment so uh sure you don't want to have people on your staff that literally are not interested in the no. business that i mean you cannot force interest but you can provide more a uh, value in terms of uh your communication when you're giving an inspirational message for each individual right uh, on the team, the way you word things, the way you come with your body language is going to be different, so for extroverts, you're going to probably do something more collaborative, you're going to inspire them with something fun, an adventure let's do an adventure, let's do this, let's do that and more energy, whereas with introverts, is okay, how can we organize this thing so that things flow better things make more sense, so the process in way you, you encourage them is better, uh, it's different, but uh, and we can go into each element, but I think step one, if they're not motivated at all and they are not interested in the business, fire them. I mean, fire fast because there's nothing worse than having someone that's dragging you down from lack of interest. Then, if you've concluded that they are interested in the business but they are frustrated about certain things... Fix those frustrations. Don't be like, no, that can't be done. No, we can't change that. No, that's not possible. There's nothing worse than a manager that has a no-can-do attitude or this is the way it works and so you have to live with it or if you can do it, you can do it. Try to understand the frustrations that each individual has. And yes, it's going to be influenced by their personality type, but it's also going to be influenced by their context, their goals, their experiences, their education, many different things. So if you sit down and you go, I want to have a talk with you. I want to. I want to know how are you doing? What's up? Uh, how can I provide you with a with a better environment so that you can be be happier here, more more productive, where things flow? What can I do uh, to 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 make your time here easier? Like just being open to hear, because every single person on your team has ideas on how you can optimize things. Many times they might not share it with you if you have not generated that trust. That's something that I was surprised how long time it can take to generate the trust. Yeah. Because people, they convince themselves that, oh, I'm being needy. Or uh, it, the, the, they're going to shut down my idea. They're not going to listen to me. Or that's too much investment, so uh, I'm just going to deal with the, what we have now. Or it's or, a stupid or, idea. Or it's a stupid idea. Or they're not going to understand. Or they're going to think I'm, I'm, I'm being selfish and needy. And then they... They themselves reject themselves and they don't let themselves express their needs. So if you as a manager go and sit down with them and go, I want to know what you need. And here in the office, every time we've done that, things have gotten unstuck and people have gotten more productive. And what I've seen is every time someone slows down the productivity, it's because they're feeling insecure, they're feeling stuck... There's something in the office or something in a process that's suboptimal and that can be fixed very easily. And sitting down and just asking and taking action fast and fixing those problems makes them feel supported. If they feel supported, if they feel included, they start feeling a certain sense of ownership in the business too. Because if they feel that they can influence the direction of the business, if they feel that they can influence... uh, uh, the the harmony in the business they're gonna be much more supportive of the team if they feel that no matter what they do nothing changes they're gonna give up and they're gonna demonstrate a lack of interest in the business and I think here in the office we've seen that luckily the vast majority of people have shown a constant interest in the business, but they've had moments of slowdowns of productivity moments of Insecurities, moments of personal challenges, and just being patient and supportive with them in those moments helps them get back on track very fast.
1: Yeah. So have the conversations, uh, and don't take things personal yeah. because they might be very frustrated. The way they communicated is might be uh, uh, nearly as a personal attack, yeah. but filter all that noise to remember yeah. is there insecurities, their fears, their frustration speaking, yeah. and see what is behind that and fix that. And be willing to be the worst in their eyes because sometimes they are just so frustrated they will pass it on to you, their frustrations. Other thing I learned from a team member, he's called Alvaro, and he'll be in the Spanish uh, podcast a little later. Uh, He has also managed... uh, big teams, and something he said to me is you don't always have to fire somebody sometimes just change their job change their role and yeah as Janick said if you really talk with them and understand their frustrations and whatever sometimes just read either redirecting them, uh, giving them a different challenge will help a lot, and that's what I'm doing now. I'm moving my team sideways or to different Mm. directions or to a different team with uh, different people.
0: Brilliant point, yeah.
1: Uh, And that has been sort of the cherry on uh, on the cake at the moment for me because seriously, I was uh, at one point... I had spoken with everybody, and I was dealing with two people that were not moving, no matter what I did to regenerate them, no matter how I spoke to them, and he just said, why don't you just uh, assign them something different, don't fire them, give them a chance, assign them to something different, and it was like, now I'm about to hire somebody uh, to the team that I was about to fire uh, some days ago, you know, and things like that, Uh, and this person is so excited for uh, th- to be hired in this new position. And we were talking about quitting, of not working together yeah. anymore.
0: Yeah, no, I think that that's uh, another very good point. Uh, one of the things that creates most unhappiness and... Uh, lowers your self-worth the fastest is when you feel stuck. Yeah. So if you have a member on your team that feels stuck, if you redirect them to another task that they can do very easily, that will boost their confidence very fast. And yeah, I've seen that here very often where sometimes there's fatigue from uh, doing the same task over and over again. Sometimes uh, there is lack of concentration on one task, but redirecting the task to something else can get them unstuck and that's what i do here uh, in terms of whenever i see someone dis- like like banging their head against a keyboard trying to f- push something through it's like okay i'm going to go regenerate you and sometimes it's invite them to an activity that's totally different from work but sometimes it's finding a something within work that's just better stimulus for that person or that's just fun and light and no pressure and that helps them Feel productive very fast um, for example here in the office we have a person who's uh, learning to edit videos and uh, who's going to help us a lot with English videos as you guys probably have seen uh, uh, we, we lack a little bit of consistency or a lot of consistency with uh, video editors right now so we're training uh, someone for that and uh, I learned that if I would train him with actual projects with development content they've It would be harder than if I were to train him with all kinds of silly projects, fun projects that would stimulate his personality, that would be within his areas of passion. So I started dedicating a lot of time, That's Steve, uh, (laughs) yes, I I started dedicating a lot of time uh, helping him edit videos about totally unrelated things to the business. But that were just fun for him. And that way, every time he had to learn something new about cameras, also filming, not just editing, or a new type of editing technique, it would be fun and light because there wasn't that sense of responsibility. Uh, There was a sense of, uh, this is fun because I'm getting to do something that literally is related to my area of kind of most personal passion. And... It was such a big difference because before I would kind of, kind of force, I mean, you got to help me with this. I need help. I need support in this area. Please help me. Let's try this. Let's try it from this angle. And we tried so many different angles. And when we just kind of redirected it to something totally unrelated, and other people on the team were like, are they just having fun? Are they, just, are they not working? Are they not doing things? And wh- now the team realizes, ooh, that was a training exercise. And now he has been editing a bunch of videos in English with Develop Gentlemen super fast and uh, planning a lot of amazing things. So in the coming weeks, you'll, you'll be able to see some very cool stuff coming out. And uh, it was because I stopped forcing it from one w- angle. And I was like, okay, let's just redirect to doing it in a totally different way. To give context, Steve, his primary personality is electric, and uh, he... uh, Uh, That's an extrovert. uh, Electric type is the most extroverted type, youthful, playful, full of ideas, uh, doesn't like things being too serious, too rigid, and when I tried to teach him camera stuff, I was very almost introverted my way so this is how uh, aperture works this is how iso works and this button on the camera works like this and it was just a very boring and overwhelming process and when it was like so let's do this and film this how do you want the scene to look okay i want the scene to look like this okay when they just like this thing Ooh, cool i like that effect okay how do you want this scene to look okay cool let's slide this effect oh and it was like Instead of doing it as a sit down, try to understand every single thing, As like, I have no interest in this. This is so boring. This is I mean, he didn't necessarily say it will work. Sometimes yes, sometimes no. But his whole demeanor was like, no. I'm not interested. No. I no. don't want to learn. A whole lot of nope. I just want to go click record and finish. That was like in the beginning, that was how it w- he would react. And then all of a sudden, it was like, okay, let's just have fun with this. Let's make it light. Let's play with it. And then, now he understands all of this enough to not get overwhelmed, to not get bored, to not get frustrated, and it's actually surprising how fast he can record and edit videos now.
1: Let me just say, Yannick is very good at being very flexible, and as said A Team builder, I've never met somebody better anywhere in the world. I I was a little more the old-fashioned way. I was trained to do it the old-fashioned way. Very (laughs) old-fashioned. And I would train people and expect them to do what I trained them for. And I assigned them their job and I expected them to do that. Uh, So when I was told I would have to take different approaches to different kind of people, I was slightly reluctant not very reluctant to that and I was like I don't have time I don't know how to do it I don't know I told a lot of stories it took me a lot of talks with Yannick personal coaching and he said just give it a try mom just give it a try listen to me give it a try and when I started doing it and applying it just on the surface because I was nearly trying to get prove him wrong uh my teams all over the world started getting better, and I thought, okay, now I'm ready to really listen to you, and I'm hiring you uh, to coach me and guide me through every single team, and I don't know how many months he had to work for me. It, it's, uh,
0: it's, it's funny because times are changing. Uh, times are changing but we're becoming more empathetic, I think, with people's needs. And some people are having a hard time adjusting to that. Because, yes, in the past, businesses were very much like, this is your role, this is how you do it, this is the process. You cannot do your own process. And I've worked for people like that, and I didn't perform well. And I've worked in sales, and I remember very clearly, when I worked with managers who came up to me, I was like, I trust you, I've always been able to trust you, uh, do your thing. I would be a top salesperson. But when I had... uh, I would sell two or three times more than anyone else in my departments. But when I had a manager who was like, you have to follow this script, you have to first say this phrase, then this phrase, and you have to do it on this paper, especially like this, and you have to do it like this, I would shut down and I wouldn't be able to perform. And... um, I understood that, and I understood that when I was in manager positions, I had to empower people. But yes, like it's hard because it requires so much patience, it requires so much flexibility, that you yourself have to be in a recharge state, and you have to find ways to recharge your battery, to have the patience and the empathy, to sometimes not kill people.
1: I know, and that's what I think develop your element has to offer that nobody else has. I mean, trust me, I tried many other uh, techniques before. When I am fully, one, my internal battery is fully charged. I'm so much more flexible and my brain works faster. So now I love opening new businesses. I love running business because I love the intellectual challenge. And when I have, when I'm regenerated, my brain works faster. And I take it as a new skill set I have to learn when I have to train the new different kind of people. Look at my smile. I get excited thinking all the things I've learned. I think it's two years since I hired him to to, to teach me how to uh, motivate my, my team members. But it's so much easier, like a million times. And my business has got grown so much. I have so many teams all over the world. And managing them has been so much, so much, much easier. Before I used to have... Uh, country coordinators and sometimes um, uh, area coordinators where they coordinated the coordinators of the different countries. So I would have South America coordinator, uh, Portuguese coordinator, Asia coordinator, the Mexico coordinator, because there are many cities in Mexico. And now I don't have so many coordinators because the way I run the teams now they run so smoothly i can manage much more and hd manage itself much better so at the beginning it is a new skill yeah. set you have to learn it is it feels overwhelming yeah. but once it's running it's so smooth yeah. so smooth that you're like seriously i can open another new uh, a business and that's what i'm doing opening new uh, businesses because my businesses are running so smooth and oh my God, it's so easy now. Yeah. It's no, so it's easy. It's and and for myself too. I, I seriously, uh, I feel so good with myself because I know how to recharge my battery. If I'm underperforming, I know, oh, this is time for me to take time for myself. And I do it without feeling guilty because that was another thing. I will feel guilty when I took time for myself. Yeah. And now that I... That one's d-
0: tough for me as well. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I I mean... the th- I think that's a very good point that, yes, it requires uh, extra patience in the beginning, but once you implement these uh, little things that go a long way, and once you generate certain standards, certain communication, certain trust, certain empathy, things flow much easier. Like this team right now, the full-time team we have here at the office, uh, we've been working with this team for about a year uh, with practically no turnover and uh, with constant growth. And uh, the first few months were a challenge because we had to understand every person's individual needs, every person's processes we had to understand their insecurities we had to understand how to uplift them how to motivate them and it required a lot of patience and i remember Uh, during uh, that period there was a lot of frustration a lot of people were like why do you put up with that why do you accept that why uh, do you and i just had to be like you have to be patient trust me (laughs) and no (laughs) on talking about diversity
1: this is the most is a a group of the most diverse, socially, education, uh, uh, every diversity you can think of, amplified uh, by, at the beginning, a lot of insecurities that many team members had. And if you see us now, it's such a well-oiled machine. It's unbelievable. It's it's
0: unbelievable because we, we have, exactly, we have people from so many different walks of life that we have people who don't speak the same language in the same meeting and we run multilingual meetings, sometimes three or four languages. Most meetings are two. Two or three. Two or three, yeah. But uh, it's... And that poses unique challenges when you have a global business. But... It's impressive how much mutual respect and empathy there is when you implement process and right now I and mean, we every week we're we're tweaking things. We don't come up with one standard and set that as a like we are constantly looking at how to change things. Like right now the most recent thing was how are we gonna handle our weekly meetings. Okay, we're gonna tweak it a little bit so that we make sure that everyone sees what everyone is doing, celebrates every individual, but it's not a forced celebration. It's not like those morning meetings where it's like, yay, bravo, everyone, (laughs) you're amazing, amazing team. Like I've worked at companies like that where it's like a fake morning, like yay, and it's like, not at this hour. No, I'm not gonna be cheering like that at this hour in the morning. I mean, I don't feel li- that way. You haven't succeeded in making me feel that way. But in this case, it's just like, so this is what I was working on last week. This is what I'm going to be working on this week. This is where I need help from uh, people on the team. Uh, can you help me with this? I'm going to put it on a board, uh, the whiteboard, blah, blah, blah. And by doing that, is uh, you communicate what you've been working on. Other people see it, they can celebrate you, they can add to what you've been doing if, if you haven't uh, communicated or acknowledged everything you've been doing. And then, okay, now I have a clear idea of which direction we're going. That's another very big thing. Direction. People need to feel that they're moving in the same direction. One thing we've been uh, working on optimizing is fragmentation. On the team here, we have many different personalities, many different processes, many different sub-projects, and sometimes it feels like the team is fragmented because we have some people working on uh, videos, some people working on websites, some people working on manuals, some people on tour giving uh, uh, workshops. We have people working all over the world on different things, and sometimes it feels fragmented because of that. And what we're doing now is exactly with these meetings, It makes us feel like, okay, even though you're working on that totally different thing and you're working on that totally different thing, we're working together in unison in this direction to achieve these goals. So as a manager, it's also very important that you define what the goals are, where are we going, where are we moving, what are the different things that uh, are, are challenges that are most urgent, who can help with what, but make people feel that everything is interconnected, that each department is interconnected, because if the departments feel like they're un- not included, if the departments feel that they, they're working a very very hard on something and they're not maybe wreaking the benefits of something that's happening in another department, they feel that it's unfair. Lack of fairness is another thing that happens a lot in, in business. People feel, perceive a lack of fairness. And by having transparency, having communication that showcases what everyone is working on, makes everyone feel included, makes everyone feel valued, makes everyone feel that they uh, are, are we're working on, on, on getting benefits for everyone and everyone winning and having a, a win-win mentality and a can-do mentality, that reduces the feelings of lack of fairness.
1: Yeah, and these meetings, we get five to ten minutes to speak each. So uh, these are not three, four, five hour meetings. We come already prepared. This is what I've done. This is where I need help. Mm-hmm. And if that's all what uh, we get to say, but we have already had the thought process before that we had had conversations we know we can come to Janek and or itself and talk with them directly so that helps a lot and because we know this process is coming every Monday we also get to talk with the people that we yeah. need help because we have it clear in our minds so it's very easy when you have something like that and if there's a meeting extra for a certain group for certain project, then we schedule that separate. So we don't get too tired in the meetings. That's also something very important when you have meetings. Don't have a meeting about everything without direction. Direction in a company, very important. Having long-term and short-term goals clear are very important because sometimes we get lost Solving the small problems and forget the long term goal. Sometimes we go through to the uh, long term goal and forget about even paying bills. Yeah. So, knowing what are your short term goals uh, and your long term goals and having somewhere graphic, it helps a lot uh, when you have a visual representation of what needs to be done when helps everybody in the team. Uh, Scrum boards are also very good for some teams, not that all the teams work well with Yeah, I Scrum mean,
0: but, uh, every team should have some type of organizational structure. We're, we're constantly doing tweaks to ours, and, and it's a constant evolution. Uh, we started with Scrum. Scrum worked very well during a certain period of, of our development, but now that we have so many different, I don't want to call them departments, but so many different sub-projects, it's very hard to make people kind of if feel that competitive drive that Scrum is designed to trigger. For those of you who don't know what Scrum is, it's you have like a whiteboard or a system digitally where you put the uh, ideas, you put the ideas that are in progress, you assign it to a person, you, you can put whether you need help, and the ideas. how many of those little post-it notes can I move from the left of the board to completed on the right of the board, and the ones that have moved most uh, uh, little post-its get to flex and celebrate and you can give them progress. Prices and whatever. But the problem is when you have a team that has many different sub projects, many different areas of, of, of development, where it's very hard to generate a standard of what how long time does each post note take, uh, it becomes less significant the value of each individual post it. Uh, so in the beginning, when we're, especially in my previous business, where we were all doing web development and we were doing kind of the same type of tasks, that each task was similar sized. So yes, the ones that move the most tasks. That I mean, that was a created competitive spirit. But here now that we have so many different types of things, that hasn't worked here as much. Uh, so what we're doing now is exactly a whiteboard where it's literally what I'm working on and w- who I need help from and what. So th- all the different names of the different people on the team are there and you just write under the name I need help with this by this d- uh, date and this time and I have been I am working on this. So it gives an overview so everyone knows exactly what everyone is working on and exactly what uh, uh, where everyone needs a bit of extra help and support and what is needed from you from other people and that's working better for us. But it's constantly changing, constantly evolving. But you should definitely have that because it's very important that people can get an overview of exactly what's happening in the business in any given moment. If they don't have that overview, that generates more fatigue. F- people feel that they might be in a sinking ship. They might end up thinking the worst, or they might uh, have lack of clarity of where things are going and lack of clarity of the importance and the value of their, their work. So we should certainly, uh, you should certainly, in your business, when you're building teams, have some type of organizational structure that works for you based on your team. If you do have a highly competitive team and you have a team where the task is relatively similar, Scrum works great. If you have a team with many different types of tasks and with less competitive people and more kind of just natural collaborative efforts based on gratitude and wanting to help each other, I suggest more what we're doing now. Um, But find what works for you and, and and. Do have meetings, and yes, what my mother said was very important. When we started out, our meetings would be like three, four hours every single time because everyone would want to share every single idea they had and every single opinion they had, and what we do now is... Okay, everyone talk about what you've been doing last week, what you're doing mm, this week that happens, and what you need help with fast. Just get uh, straight to the point. And if if we see a trend or if something needs to be discussed as a team, let's schedule a meeting specifically for that topic at a different time so that this meeting doesn't become a meeting that's three hours long, about 20 different topics. Rather, let's keep this uh, short and sweet. And then, okay, we'll have this other meeting where we're going to talk about that specific topic and we're going to find a solution to that specific topic. But we don't extend the meeting. And that, it's a challenge. I I, I I won't say we have perfected it, but it's certainly, the more you have the mentality of keeping the meeting short, sweet, to the point, and having meetings for s- specific things, so that also you don't involve everyone in a meeting where they're not Really needed, or where they don't have the context. For example, let's say Steve and I, more technical people in the team, we're talking about web development. And let's say we have a meeting, a, a general meeting, and we decide to talk a bunch of devel- uh, person- uh, uh, web development. Uh, stuff in that meeting where people don't have the vocabulary the context nor the interest people are going to be like okay when are we getting to the next point i don't care about this i don't understand this i don't know what php is i don't know what mysql is i don't know what what what, what's that i i have no uh, what are they talking about they're speaking russian right so if people don't have the context they should not be in a meeting about something that they don't have the context you can Do two things. You can give them context if it's something where you want their input, you want their involvement, but don't make them sit through meetings where they have no context and nothing to contribute or nothing to collaborate in that area. Just give them the short and sweet at the end. Once you have come to a conclusion, fill in the team, include them, be like, "Yo, so we came to this conclusion. But instead of doing it very overly technical, just give them like the five-minute... Like, explain it like I'm five uh, version, for those of you who don't know that. uh, Is it Reddit? On Reddit, there's there's a, a section of Reddit where people basically, I want to understand this very complicated concept. Explain it to me like if I were five years old. That's a very good mentality to have with your team. Like, if there's something that you know they don't have the interest in understanding at a technical level, but you want to make sure that they're within the loop, just be like, okay, so this is the very basic version and use vocabulary that that individual, based on their context, their interests, their passions, and their personality can understand and value, and that goes a long way. Also, for leaders that don't want to take time to, get, uh,
1: to do what uh, we suggest you do, that you talk with everybody, uh, we have a team member here that managed more than 80 people. He had a boss. But he was the one in charge of managing all the teams. And he knew he is an instructor of develop your element. He taught all the leaders uh, the uh, the basics of develop your element so they could understand and manage their su- sub teams. And he would go and report to his boss the way the boss could understand. And she was the happiest woman alive. She depended on him for everything. So Basically, he became the boss and he just would go and tell the boss what was going on. You might want to do that too. I mean, you don't have to become involved with everybody if that's not your interest. But I suggest that you have somebody that can do a job managing the team, but also informing you and having your back. You really need to uh, have somebody reliable that understands how to do it and can communicate it to you on the go the way you can hear it and uh, it can work well as well. uh, Yeah,
0: Don't force hierarchies in the sense that just because you have a certain role doesn't mean you have to do everything that you would traditionally assume belongs to that role. If there's something that can be delegated, something that can be uh, optimized by having someone else do, Do it. Trust people. Empower people. uh, Delegate for sure. I think that's super, super valuable. And also, when we talk about uh, hierarchies, I mean, if you look at Scandinavia, they tend to have more flat hierarchies. If you tend to look at North America, they tend to have almost pyramid-type hierarchies. And uh, generally speaking, flat hierarchies are better in the sense that people there's communication you don't break the communication if lines of communication anyone can go talk to anyone uh but i don't like going to any extreme in terms of if you go too flat people feel that they aren't acknowledged enough you want to celebrate individuals accomplishments and uh, contributions but And you want to give them fancy titles. You can give them fancy titles in terms of uh, managerial responsibilities. Give them more responsibility. Give them more ownership. That's all great. But you don't want to make people inaccessible. And you don't want to train leaders that become arrogant and become uh, top-down managers. You want to train managers that have open-door policies that have connections that treat the janitor and the CEO with the same level of respect and the same level of care and interest. You want to Make sure that the lines of communication are always open because you never know where the next brilliant million dollar idea is going to come from or the solution or idea that's going to optimize the workflow is going to come from. You never know who's going to contribute that. So keep the lines of communication open. Make everyone feel heard. Make everyone feel included. And uh, yes, delegate and don't force. If you are not the best person to do a certain thing in your company, don't do it. Have someone else do it. I'm not the best writer. Um, So, for example, with our books, yes, I'm contributing a lot to the books. But my sister, who's more introverted, she has a much easier time organizing and structuring all the information that I might want in the book. And so it's a very collaborative effort. But she takes a lot of the load off of me because she has much more experience, much more natural capacities, much more patience for that area. And I can focus on areas that are a little bit easier for me when we talk about going on stage, when it comes to expos uh, uh, and, and conferences many times that becomes my responsibility because I have a little bit more ease with that process. It's not always limited to me. My sister has been on stage with me many times, has been on TV, has been on radio programs with me, has uh, been on this podcast many times. Uh, But being more introverted, I don't kind of force her to be, even though she's COO, she's the second in command here, she has a very high managerial level of responsibilities, I don't force her to always be up front and center because sometimes he wants to be behind the scenes and it's a balance. Sometimes I'm behind the scenes, sometimes I'm in front, sometimes she's in behind the scenes, sometimes she's in front, sometimes she goes on TV and I don't go on TV. Like we certainly spread the load and we all make sure that we are capable in any area of the business. I think as a manager, it's very important to put yourself in other people's shoes and know how every single side of the business works and step out of your comfort zone, but don't force yourself to do things that other people on the team can do faster and maybe with more impact, with less less stress. If you can focus on another area where you have much more fluid uh, motion within the, the the company or within the project, and don't you don't let your ego get in the way. Basically, embrace the fact that you have a diverse team and let other people take off some of the burden from you and that's that's hard that's hard sometimes as a a manager to admit when you need help when you need support when there's something that's just very hard for you and someone else can do in five minutes maybe or uh, can do it much easier and you're banging your head against the keyboard but when you are willing to be humble enough to be like okay this is i mean i need help here or teach me. Or, or uh, teach me or also. Develop, me learn develop, develop new skills. I mean, we are constantly investing in courses and things to learn different technical skill sets. We are constantly investing in training of our team because, exactly, sometimes it's about learning new skills. Yeah.
1: So, well, anyway, I think it's about time to, to wrap up for today. Uh, celebrate the difference. Learn how the different people were uh, function. Listen to uh, our other post podcasts. Uh, educate yourself because life becomes much more exciting and easier when you know how to communicate with every kind of personality. And oh, if you start regenerating yourself, life. Is good. Yeah, I can't but tell you yourself
0: first and then other people think of it this way if you're in an airplane, what do they tell you if the cabin pressure goes down? First, put the oxygen mask on yourself, then the people you're taking care of. Because if you faint or you die, you can't actually save people or help people. And as managers, we have to be very careful with burnout. We have episodes on burnout. Uh, and uh, yeah, you don't want to burn out as a manager. So the more you can create a team that supports you and creating a well-oiled machine, the better. So. Thank you very much for tuning in. Anything you want to add before we wrap up?
1: Have fun creating your teams. Let us know how uh, you're doing. We love to hear from you.
0: Yeah, for sure. Definitely in the comments, let us know how things are going with your teams. If you have any questions, we're more than happy to answer. And we will be doing future episodes on this topic where we go more in-depth On each different personality. Because I know there's interest for that. But we certainly wanted to cover certain bases. Before we went into the specific elements. So we'll see you next time. uh, Same place. Same place, same time next week. And uh, don't forget to subscribe and ring the bell. If you want to get notified when we have future podcasts. So have a good one.
1: Bye.